This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. It's the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. Send the tweets. Send them hot. At Ken Carmen. C-A-R-M-A-N. Hickey. What is wrong with you today? You and freaking Billy Jack and Pierno, you guys are all downers today. Whoa, do not put me in the same category as Maybe Billy you're Maybe you're a little bit of a downer, but man, Pierno has been, Pierno's gone now, right? He has left the building. That guy needs to go to bed and just sleep it off for the next like 20 days. And then Billy Jack over here. Billy Jack is just, I, I can't put Billy Jack in a good mood. Billy Jack will be in a good mood, I guess, when Gresh comes in at two. I'm in a fantastic mood, Ken. It doesn't seem that you are. What have you been up to, just, son? How you been? I'm, I've been fantastic. How, how have you been? How was your day? How was your weekend so far? Yes, I'm going to force this out of you. You are going to put a smile on your face. And say nice things. How's your beard going? Do you got your beard? No, no more beard. Just a little. It's too stubble. cold outside. You got to have a beard. No, you don't. How's your love life? Uh, it's going pretty good. I've heard a couple of things. I didn't want to jinx it. Where did you, you hear uh, that from? You, uh, you exclusive with this lady? There's no, there's no one single lady, uh, Ken. Oh! Wow! Oh, <laughs> my boy is playing the field, baby. Oh, very sexy America. Very sexy. All right. How many? I'm, what, what, what are we doing here? Let, let's hear about some of these. Is there like a couple of candidates you're thinking of locking down? What is it? No, there, there's no, there's no, uh, no lockdown. I, I've, I've gotten, I've, I've put the marriage stuff out of my head for now. No, I'm not talking about marriage. No, 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 no. I'm talking about exclusivity, son. Exclusivity. Is that what it is? No, 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 no. I, I don't. I don't have. Yeah, who cares? You don't have that yet. No, not yet. Not Are you yet, thinking about yet. any I'm, of them I'm, yet? I'm, I'm working on that. But yeah. Go ahead. What were you gonna say? No, I'm just saying. Yeah, like yeah. You thinking about that? Yeah, I'm thinking about that. Yeah. All right. New year, new you. Look at you, Billy. Yeah. Blondes, brunettes. What we got? I'm a brunette guy. Ah, uh, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Right yeah, there. you know that. Yeah, that's what I like. But like don't Canada. hate blondes, though. I don't really think you're in a position to hate anything, you know, but I get what you're saying. You know. If you could pick, you could choose. You know, that's what you choose. That, uh, that's real mean to do over a national audience. It's not mean to do anything. You like what you like. What the, what's the problem with that, Billy? Well, you basically just called me ugly. Why did I call you ugly? Because you were like, oh, you're not in a position to pick anything. No, I said we're, we're. Go back and listen to it. I said we're not in a position to pick and choose. The heart wants what it wants, Billy. I didn't say you're ugly. Good God, Billy. Son. I I, I take it back then. You're damn right you do, Billy Jack. Damn. So do you want to play this audio? 
we will here in a second. I'm getting to it. All right. Let me. Can I just unfold the the hour for you? Can I? Can yeah, I do can. that? Can I be in charge now? Thank you very much. Damn, Billy. I root for love. I want love. Hickey's in love. I don't know what he's doing with that relationship. They've just been kind of out there in the ether for two years, but whatever. And then I got I got Billy Jack over here. I love love, and I love when people are young people are in love. So I'm happy for Billy Jack. Now, I know Billy's not in love. He might be in a little bit of, you know, one dog goes one way, the other dog goes the other way. The guy's like, I look at his face like, what do you want from me? But still, hey, I like it. I like it, Billy. All right, we throw out the number and we move on. 855-212-4CBS. You see how this works? Good God almighty. Dabo Sweeney, if he wins this, I put him on par with Nick Saban. I think it's tougher than ever to repeat, and if you've listened to the show over the last few weeks, I've said it at least a couple of times. I think it's tougher than ever to be able to repeat with young guys who are thinking about transfer portals or young guys who are thinking about the NFL. Once you've won a national championship in college football, if you're one of the major programs, obviously, and you got to be a major program to win it, if you once you've won a national championship in college football, I always go, what's the point? You could give me all this about, well, you know, you're playing for Ohio State, you're playing for Clemson and Alabama, and da, 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 da. there's no point. These guys are these guys are recruited from all over the country. Only the ultimate the ultimate homers right now are cussing me out. But in the heart of hearts, when you go go to the bathroom later and you look in the mirror, you know I'm right. Every now and then you get a Hunter Renfro, who's a lifer. Other than that, you got guys who are there for three years and they're moving on. They're there from point A to point C. Your point B, you got to get them to point C. That's how it moves. And they will buy in. I'm not saying that they don't play with heart. I'm not saying they don't play with passion. It's the absolute opposite. But once you win a championship, you can't tell me it's the same thing. You can't tell me it's the same drive. It's the hardest thing to do in sports, not to win it the first time, but to repeat it. Because then you get guys who think about themselves. You can't help it. You think about what's been it for you. What's the next move for you? How you're going to keep yourself going. It's the human element. So when you get 20-year-olds, like Dabo Sweeney's might be able to do, when you get 20-year-olds to repeat and to find motivation and do it again, I put you at another level. Because in the 70s and 80s and 60s and beforehand, it, it, I have to admit, you can say whatever you want to about uh, Woody Hayes and and Joe Pa and Bear Bryant, all those guys. It's it's harder to do it now. It just is. They're smarter than they've ever been. The players are smarter than they've ever been. They're more wise to the world. The money's bigger than it's ever been. Automatically, I think a lot of kids go in with a bit of a chip on their shoulder because they know that the schools make a ton of money off them now. They they think about it in a different tone. They want their chance to make their millions in the NFL. Education's important down the line. Because I'll tell any 17-year-old out there, get what's yours. If you can make it, get what's yours. And I mean that sincerely about getting money off your off your likeness, even sometimes about handouts. If you can get something and, and make it up upright and honest and try to do it, go ahead and do it the best way you possibly can. Try to find loopholes. Do whatever you can. Because that school ain't going anywhere. You can always go back and get your education. So it's harder than ever. And if you're able to get that, I put Dabo on another level. But if we want to move Dabo to Alabama – or we want to move Dabo to the NFL, I just don't think it makes sense. There are some situations that I say are perfect. Matt Merchel agrees. Now hit it. 
off the top of my head, I, I would think Alabama, I would think Clemson, I would think Ohio State. Uh, you know, I, I think that the premier programs that we're seeing now at the top of, of the rankings are generally in a, a, a really good situation. And there's reasons why these guys are staying around. There's reasons why, you know, um, Nick Saban's been there as long as he has. There's reasons why Dabo Swinney's been as long as he has. Urban Meyer was at Ohio State for a long time before he decided to retire. It's because these jobs are premier destinations. No one wants to leave these jobs. And, and they're treated, you know, almost like royalty there. So it's, it's, it's a job like that I think anyone else goes to. Notre Dame would be another one. There's another job that most people don't want to leave to go to NFL because it's almost like being at that elite level is already. So those are probably three or four I could say off the top of my head. That's Matt Mershaw, Orlando Sentinel, that was just with us. I, I think that when we did this with coaching searches before, for Matt Rule, Matt Rule, I think it makes sense. He goes from Baylor to Carolina. It makes a lot of sense to go to the NFL there. He could get fired at Carolina. No offense to Baylor. I think Baylor's a better job than we want to give it credit for. But it's not the upper echelon when it comes to Lincoln Riley, Ryan Day, I think Dabo Sweeney, I think Nick Saban. There are some jobs in college football that are just better than anything else you can offer in the NFL. NFL people will disagree. You always get a five-star recruit because you have the first round of the draft. I don't have to deal with 17-year-olds. I don't have to travel all over the country during the offseason. All that's very well and true. All that's 100% true. But if you want power, you want prestige, and the money is just about the same, if not better, I think Ohio State, Oklahoma, Alabama, I can make an argument for Oregon. I can make an argument for USC, even though USC doesn't want to be up, so I'm going to keep them out of there. I definitely can make an argument for Oregon. I think Texas. I think those programs, those schools, historically, from the past to the future, I think those are always going to be better than the NFL now. I got to deal with guys like Jerry Jones. I got to deal with guys like Dan Snyder. I, I I I could deal with the Roonies. That there is a positive there, but that's a one-off, really. The Roonies are in a special category, and even the Roonies will admit to you, hey, it took us 40 years to get this thing right. Between 1933 and 1975, it took us over 40 years to get this thing in the right direction. It took a long, long time. So for one team, maybe it's different. Maybe Pittsburgh I put there in a different category because you will be given ample time and a chance. But ultimately, I can't guarantee generation to generation. Apples can fall far from the tree. Fan bases can get involved. Bad drafting, bad ownership, whatever it might be. I put Ohio State, Oklahoma, Alabama, Oregon, maybe USC, but no. Texas, I put them in that mix. Dabo with Clemson, I think, is one of those schools. Clemson without Dabo, I don't know. Dabo's a special coach, and I think we need to realize this. Clemson's a great place with great fans. Been there, wonderful people. Yet it's it took Dabo to get you to that next level. And you're holding on to Dabo the best you can. You're throwing incredible money at him, and maybe you'd throw incredible money at somebody else. Maybe Dabo sets the, sets the tone for your school for the future. Mike, maybe, and I wish I could say this for Joe Pa, but obviously there's going to be controversy in there. Like I could say maybe with James Franklin from Joe Pa from Bill O'Brien to, to Penn State. Maybe I could have thrown them in that mix. Now it just becomes a murky figure. Yet for Clemson, I don't know if I put them in that mix. Georgia, I do not put in that mix. I think you find a better job in the NFL. And honestly, with with, with Notre Dame, Matt Marshall mentions Notre Dame. I don't. The standards are incredibly high academically. The recruiting standards are incredibly high. You don't play for a conference championship, which means you don't have an umbrella 
or you don't have really, I should say, a parachute. You don't have that. Because with teams like Ohio State and Alabama, Oklahoma, you can lose a game. As long as you win your conference, you have a good argument. If you're playing an independent schedule, and Notre Dame, I think, plays a stronger schedule than what a lot of people want to give them credit for, depending on the year, but more than likely does. They play a lot of those games at home, but I think they have a better schedule than what some people want to give them credit for. But if I don't have a conference championship that I can just make an argument for, you really got to be perfect if you're Notre Dame. And if it, if it were just about the football, not just the recruiting, the, the national landscape of it, the pressure that's involved, money's commiserate, definitely commiserate. But I think I'm dealing with almost the same set of circumstances at Notre Dame that I would if I had Arthur Blank and the Atlanta Falcons. So I don't know if I put them in the category. I don't put them in the category. But Ohio State, if you go to the NFL and you fail in the NFL, you're not going to return to a job as good as Ohio State. Oklahoma, Alabama, Texas, those four schools right there off the top of your head, I think I could throw in Oregon, maybe I could throw in Penn State. If you go to the NFL and you fail, are you going to get a job that's better than those? I don't think so. If P.J. Fleck gets a look at in the NFL, takes an NFL job, he fails, he's probably going to get a better job coming out than Minnesota. I think you have to pay attention to that. So for Matt Rule, I think it makes sense. For the future of college football coaches, I think it makes sense. 855-2124-CBS. Up next, maybe the most dangerous teams in this entire playoff, and just like your parents, Bill and Tom, they know they need each other. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This weekend, the NFL on CBS, home to the wild card divisional round Saturday night. That's tonight at 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific. The Titans try to shock the world again when they head to Baltimore to face Lamar Jackson and the top-seeded Ravens. Then on Sunday at 3 Eastern, 12 Pacific, two of the game's elite young quarterbacks square off when Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans meet Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Both games begin with the NFL today on CBS, asking which teams are the most dangerous? A lot of people from Green Bay getting in. A lot of people from Wisconsin getting in about it. They want to tell me all about the Packers. Packers should not be an underrated team. They shouldn't be a dangerous team. They should be one of the teams that we take seriously, especially without New Orleans be without New Orleans in the postseason anymore. I told you this after that after that Monday night game. When you win that game with the implications that are in it, new head coach, you got Aaron Rodgers who's 36 years old, but you're back on track now. It seemed that Green Bay had lost their way. Ted Thompson did a good job, but he was quiet. Then they didn't go to the play. They didn't go to the playoffs because of the injury. Then they had the problems with not going after any free agents. And Mike McCarthy had to answer that. Then you blew out Mike McCarthy. Aaron Rodgers was upset. You got rid of Mike McCarthy. You bring in Lafleur. We don't know necessarily about how well Lafleur is going to work. It has taken off tremendously. Mike Pettin's done a good job with the defense. They've done a good job running the football to help out Aaron Rodgers. They should be a serious football team. I don't know if I want to put Green Bay as a dangerous team. I want to put them as a serious team and a serious contender in the NFC. San Francisco's tough. Seattle's tough. We're going to find out tomorrow night. You're playing. You have a very tough draw there. I wish you had Minnesota still some way, somehow. That's a team you could have got after. Minnesota, I know, is dangerous. That's one you could say is dangerous. Tennessee is dangerous. A lot of people want to bring that up. More on them coming up here in a moment. 855-2124-CBS. You know, for San Francisco, 
I think going into this game later on today at 435 Eastern, is San Francisco really that dominating? Do they have the experience that's necessary? There's a couple of veterans on the team. Minnesota, though, being tested in New Orleans, I don't think that you can just rule out Minnesota and just say, well, it's San Francisco at home. They've been fantastic. Nick Bosa, this, that, and the other. Minnesota's done a phenomenal job. Mike Zimmer's done a phenomenal job. I got to take Minnesota seriously. Tennessee makes me wonder more on them in a moment. Houston and J.J. Watt, I thought J.J. Watt, when he first came back and the rumors were there, and I asked Mark Maskey about it, he agreed from the Washington Post. It felt very cartoony in terms of, or, or I should say Disney sports movie. Guy gets hurt, comes back from injury, everybody rallies around him, they're going to play well. J.J. Watt lives for that, man. We know that. J.J. Watt came back, he made a difference. Made a difference when they needed him to. Late third quarter, when it, the life was sucked out of that stadium. Fourth quarter, they made plays defensively. Deshaun Watson turned it up. A team that's been there before changed the way that they were doing business and ended up beating a team that I think has a bright future ahead of them in, in Buffalo. Has a nice young quarterback there in Josh Allen. Hopefully they learn something, but they beat a team that doesn't have as much experience going into the postseason. Houston should have won that game, did win that game. It did feel like a game, though, Houston was going to lose because that's what they do in these type of games. And J.J. Watt, it felt like it was kind of a Hail Mary. J.J. Watt did a great job in that football game. And now you might want to take him seriously, even though it's a little bit of a chance. I wouldn't give it as much as I would some of the other road teams. But with Kansas City there, hey, you never can rule out what tennis, what Houston can do with J.J. Watt if it continues going into Kansas City tomorrow. The Seattle-Green Bay game just gives me pause because – you're taking on another group of veterans. You're taking on another group of guys that have been there, that have seen it, that have played on a different level there. If you Again, if you were playing Minnesota, even from New Orleans, I would give it a better shot. Seattle, to me, is just the most dangerous team out of this entire group. I give Green Bay more respect. San Francisco, Baltimore, they're on a different level. Those three. Out of the other five, I got a guy who played at an MVP caliber if it wasn't for Lamar Jackson. You have a head coach that has found the fountain of youth, has found the way that they do it. D.K. Metcalf has taken flight in the second half of the season. Defense is still better. Seattle's the complete, most complete, most dangerous team out of the group. Tennessee, I still go back to New New England. Is New England New England still, or is Tennessee actually the team that has put together the game plan to beat them and then possibly beat Baltimore? I I can't say with conviction they are. They'll be able to run the football. Ryan Tannehill is a more capable quarterback than what a lot of us wanted to give him credit for. Fair. Yet Baltimore, I haven't seen complete football like this in quite a while. I haven't seen complete football like this since probably three years ago with New England. Defensively, they are completely different in meaning that they've grown so much from week one to where they're at now in the divisional round. You lose that many veterans. I think it was what? And Hickey might have to look this up. You lose seven veterans from that from that squad. You go into this year, you're reinventing your offense. 
You bring Mark Ingram in. I thought Mark Ingram might be able to give him something. I didn't know he'd be able to give him this much. Now, part of that's been helped because of Lamar Jackson. The offensive line, even with losing good offensive linemen because of injury, they've been phenomenal. I haven't seen this complete a football in, in three years. In Tennessee, you're well coached, you're disciplined. You let other teams make mistakes, you take advantage of those mistakes. I still keep going back to we don't know Tom Brady's future. And going back to last week, we didn't know Tom Brady's future. We never really know Belichick. We assume, but we never really know. You didn't know with the offensive coordinator. You didn't necessarily know with the with the other guys who are in the structure with the front office. There's a lot to unpack there if you're a if you're a Patriots fan, and there's a lot to unpack there if you're a member of the New England Patriots. From the week before you lose to a team like Miami, which is always going to give you a college try, but it's basically a college team that was such a bad loss, I didn't want to believe it, and now you got people believing this is the end of the Patriots. There just seems to be too much evidence that goes the other way against the Patriots where it does take away from what I want to give with Tennessee. I take serious teams with Baltimore, San Francisco. I think Green Bay's putting that mix, and I'm sure Kansas City fans screaming at me, maybe I should put Kansas City in there. I think Baltimore's got what it takes. I think Green Bay and San Francisco could be neck and neck next week. But of the other teams, I've just bet against Seattle very few times in the past because they've always paid off. I'm not even talking literally. Just wanting, thinking that maybe some people thought that it could be the end of it. Some people thought they wouldn't be able to put over in that year the switch of the franchise from from where they had in the previous guard with the Legion of Boom to where the roster is now, how Russell Wilson was able to hold serve to that and take care of that business. I give them so much more credit. I think they're the most dangerous team out of this group. Of the underdogs or of the teams that, that go into their situations and, and might not get to Super Bowl 54 or people don't pick to get to Super Bowl 54, I think they're the most dangerous out of the group. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Who's the most dangerous out of this group? We'll take your calls and also Tom Brady and Bill Belichick are just like your parents, and I love talking ideas. That's why I love that the NFL is approaching chaos theory. You're listening to Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. 855-212-4227. Speak now forever. Hold your peace. That's CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line. It's brought to you by the fine folks at Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. Who's the most dangerous team of the eight left? I want to get right back to the phones. Diego, Washington, you're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go. Hey, how's it going? So I am in complete agreement with you with Seattle being the most uh, dangerous team in the playoffs right now. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people are saying, oh, they lost their three running backs, but they had all those three running backs out, went against San Fran, and it went down to the one-yard line the game did. So Seattle could have easily have won that, or it could have gone both ways, mm-hmm. and we would be a different story. So I just don't know how, San, how like everyone else is just kind of writing them off, and there's like no – they kind of figured out their run game. I know they don't have great running backs, but – they're still in it. Every I mean, it, it's only it's only a four point spread, Diego. I, I, I are you? I, let me ask you: Are you a fan? Are you a fan of the uh, Seahawks? It's okay to no, say yes. Obviously, I'm a I'm a Cowboys fan. Actually, I'm pretty. You're a Cowboys fan. Yeah. So I have nobody. I'm just wow. watching football, and I'm just watching games, and I'm like, wow, how's everyone? So I, my my point was more that everyone pretty much has San Francisco in the Super Bowl. 
And I was just like, ooh, I, I don't know. Seattle's a really dangerous road team. They have been all season. I, they've played better on the road than they have at home. And I think them being on the road is kind of going to be beneficial to them during this playoff run. I think San Francisco, I think, I, real quick with you, Diego, stay with me. I, I think that San Francisco has a tougher road than Seattle, or than, uh, than uh, Baltimore does. Of, of the favorites that are supposed to meet in Super Bowl 54, I think San Francisco, I think Minnesota's a tougher team. i got to give them credit because of New Orleans. And then I, I think that you know, either Green Bay or Seattle, if Green Bay wins it, that means you are battle-tested and tough, ready for that, and you deserved it. And Seattle, good God, you went through an Eagles team that was missing Carson Wentz. I understand that. But you went on the road and won there then you went on the road and won in Green Bay and it's supposed to be like a foot of snow so I, I got to give that credit and say that I think San Francisco would have a tougher time even if even if Baltimore were to play Kansas City go ahead Diego nope uh yeah complete yeah and and it, truthfully the San Francisco team it hasn't been it, they don't really have any playoff experience and and, it, and I feel like the Green Bay San, uh Seattle game kind of comes down to coaching like who are you going to trust more Pete Carroll like okay, I, I, would I just probably feel go like, with, yeah, I would probably go with Carroll instead of so LaFleur in that I, case. I think, I think so. I think Green Bay is just a bad second half adjustment team, mm. and Seattle's the complete opposite. So Green Bay might start off really strong in the first half, but that second half, and as far as making the corrections on the spot and getting the team where they need to be, yeah, like Seattle's just See, they got kind of got the edge there. You're right, and we obviously agree with each other. And, Diego, thank you very much for the call because I still want to fit in Andre in Mississippi, and i got to say this thing about Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and all that crap that you probably already know about, but still I'm going to try to spin it in a different way. When it comes to Seattle, I agree with Diego and what he says, but I still take Green Bay. I still think they're the most overall complete team. I can't let my impression, and I am impressed with Russell Wilson and in, in, in Pete Carroll. I can't let my the impressive work of Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson – overtake that Green Bay released a coach because they were a complete team and they were failing to get where they needed to go. Green Bay has a better defense, I think, in a lot of ways than what people want to give them credit for. Yeah, I know that they faltered a little bit in the middle of the season. They're running the football better. Aaron Rodgers versus Russell Wilson, you can say a wash. I'd even give it to Wilson in some cases. The coaching aspect of it would go to Pete Carroll. I don't know yet with LaFleur. But the overall team, Green Bay being at home, the four-point sw- four swing, that's a close football game, I still give it to Green Bay. But if Seattle gets through this one, I think San Francisco needs to look the bleep out. 855-212-4CBS. And also on McCarthy because he's a Cowboys fan, just because i got to get this off the chest, I think this is a great hire. I think it's a great situation. It's the thing that I thought. I thought they'd go big game hunting. I thought they'd go after Urban. I thought they'd go after after. After Lincoln Riley, they went after Mike McCarthy. It's the perfect scenario. Mike McCarthy had to sit there and answer questions for Ted Thompson for years. He doesn't have to do that now. Jerry Jones, who's not done a bad job in the draft, sue me, it's true. Jerry Jones, who's not done a bad job in the draft, not done a bad job in free agency, with the exception of a couple of big flops, but has done pretty decent. Now he can still keep his power. He can still have his players. McCarthy can go coach the team. You should be better offensively. You have a different look at things. This is as close to a home run as I thought they were going to hit without Urban Meyer, without Lincoln Riley, without Jerry Jones giving up all his power. 855-2124-CBS. Andre, Mississippi, you're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go. What's going on, big guy? It's easy, and we don't really need to watch TV. Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers are going to win the Super Bowl. The storyline is already set up. All this week, all you're going to see is about Aaron Rodgers with the 49ers when he was a kid. Childhood team, that's who they're going to play, and they're going to beat the 49ers. 
Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay versus Kansas City in the Super Bowl. You don't have to watch it. You can turn the TV off and you can record this. Wait a All minute. Day. How can I say that a team that you're saying is the odds-on favorite is supposed to be the most dangerous? That's not the exercise, Andre. Well, well, that that's the truth, though. Nobody want to tell the truth. That's what's going to happen. Where were you? Like, where were off. you three Tuesdays ago after they beat the Forty Nine or after they beat the Vikings? And I was sitting there putting them in the same category as the Forty ers and the New Orleans Saints. You weren't calling and yelling at me then, Andre, or agreeing with me then. No uh, worries. Uh, I'm telling you, that's regular season. This is playoffs. But that's what I'm saying. I put them seriously up there. Andre, you want to have an argument. You aren't hearing what's going on. Andre, I'm agreeing with you in that case. All right, well, I'm going to tell you this before I get off. Fine. These four games, these four games today, the first game we watched, Kirk Cousins, he's going to get sacked six times, San Francisco win. Tennessee versus the Ravens. Okay. Don't, don't watch that game because it'll be over within two hours because both teams are going to run the ball. Ravens win that game. Well, I would watch the game because that means it's going to be even a shorter amount of time and I can go watch something else later on, even though it's going to be a late-night game, so I'll probably just go to Betty Buys afterwards. Houston and Kansas City. Kansas City Those are tomorrow. one at home in probably 10, you know, 10 years, whatever it is. You're taking Houston? Houston is going to win that You're game. You're drunk. Houston be, Houston are you drinking right now, Andre? Are you drunk right now? No, because I know how I know how weak Kansas City is when it's time for the playoffs. You're just saying Kansas City at home. Huh? Did did Kansas City win a home game last year in the postseason? I know they lost to Tom Brady, but then they win a postseason game before that at home. They would have had to, haven't haven't they? So yeah. Yes, sir. What one win in ten years? Pull it up. It's it's out there. And then you got the Green Bay Packers against Seattle. One man team with Seattle. Marshawn, that's just a jersey. That's a footnote. They lose by maybe 13 points. Green Bay over Seattle by 13 points. I'm out. Andre, thank you for the call. Could you imagine having an argument with Andre in real life every day? That is decisiveness. Yeah, Kansas City beat Indianapolis at home. That was the game that everybody was going nuts because Quentin Nelson was running around with his shirt off or whatever. And it was like five degrees in Kansas City. And it went out there and hammered the Colts, which ended up being Andrew Luck's last actual game. Houston's not necessarily known for their postseason prowess either. I can't grant that. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. Another quick thought on Matt Rule. As we just talked about Mike McCarthy, real quick, and I mean I'll make this quick. I love what's going on. I love talking ideas. This is part of the reason where, and I'm a, being an analyst or trying to analyze the best I can, I'm not a journalist, I'm a guy on the radio, but trying to analyze the, be- analyze the best I can, I love ideas. I love differing ideas. I love different thoughts that can change the conversation. This is why I root for I root for quarterbacks. I root for players. I root for things that are different from the usual because then people use those guys as examples. People use them as, as, as reasons why something else can work, and it adds to the conversation. That's why I root for Lamar. Lamar, there. I don't think there's quarterbacks like him. I don't think there will be a quarterback like him in the near future, in the near future. But I think he will be used as an example. He'll be used as an argument. Matt Rule, 
I like arguing for guys like Matt Rule because then it opens up the door and we could say this one guy is like that guy. This one player is not like the other. We can try to compare Drew Brees to different quarterbacks who are six feet tall. We can try to compare 6'5 Drew Bledsoe to quarterbacks who are 6'5. We can try to make those conversations happen. I love approaching that type of theory. I love that going on. And that's why I love the hire of Matt Rule, just for the conversation of it. Lamar Jackson, the most dangerous man in the NFL right now. That's been the overarching theme of the show. It changes the way we think about quarterbacks. It changes the way we think about guys who are going to be coming up from college. And there will be coaches who fail because they can't get out of their quarterback what John Harbaugh can get out of Lamar Jackson because they will be stuck in the past and we will expose those guys. It's the same thing we brought up with Sean McVay two years ago. You look at trends of hiring in the NFL. Three years ago, defense. Two years ago, offense. Over the last couple of years, or I should say four and three years ago. Over the last couple of years, in 2018, Gruden, retread, but you know, former TV guy, you get what I'm saying, major star. Vrabel, technically people think he's the Belichick tree. He's not, but we like to throw that in there. Patricia Belichick tree, Reich, offensive coordinator, Wilkes, defensive coordinator, already fired. Matt Nagy, offensive coordinator, 40 years old. People are comparing it to... Sean McVay, Pat Shermer, retread, offensive guy, already fired. 2019, Kitchens, Arians, LaFleur, Flores, Fangio, Gase, Taylor, Kingsbury. OC, former head coach, OC, DC, offensive head coach, offensive coordinator, 35 years old, McVay tree, Kingsbury, college head coach, offense, 40 years old. So far, not too terrible with what's going on in Arizona. Now we see different types of guys being coached because we're throwing things up against the wall better than we ever have before. Because before it was trendy. In 2015, Dan Quinn got hired. With him, Rex Ryan, John Fox, Gary Kubiak, Todd Bowles, Jack Del Rio, Jim Tom Sula. Of those guys, one was an offensive guy. The rest, defense. Because things were trendy. Now, Sean McVay throws chaos into head coaching. Lamar Jackson throws chaos into quarterbacking. Offensive play sets and offensive sets of what they run in college changes the way because we have to play guys sooner than we ever have. That means we can't take guys who come from spread offenses and, and looking over to the sideline for signals in college. We can't take those guys and put them in pro-style offenses because they're doomed to fail. It's the same thing we do with offensive with, with offensive linemen. And now you see chaos happening and so what does it become in 2019 we are re-seeing or now 2020 in the postseason we are reevaluating, and it's given a rebirth a revitalization to coaching in the NFL before it was get your quarterback and we can switch out coaches and we'll still make those arguments guarantee it and it's cyclical and we'll probably go back yet we are seeing the best coaching jobs we have seen in quite some time Mike Vrabel in Tennessee has done a remarkable job. John Harbaugh, you can't stop talking about him. Kyle Shanahan, people thought Jed York was inept and not worthy of the 49ers franchise four years ago. It's better than it's ever been, and I'm here for it. I love the chaos theory. I also love my parents. Now, if you're of a certain age, and I don't have a lot of time to do this, You'll remember that your parents, unless you grew up with one of those Hallmark families, and if you are, God bless you, congratulations, you had a better lifestyle than a lot of other people. But if you're in middle America, if, if you have parents who were married, probably everything wasn't always hunky-dory. I bring this up with my own parents. 
regular middle-class people from Canton, Ohio. I was an only child, which explains a lot. I know Hickey stopped. But there were times where it wasn't always the best. And now where I am 33 years old, and I have my own children, this isn't a word there's original commercial, but now that I have my own children, and my wife and I, where things aren't always the best, but you see where there are differences in the generations of a person who I'm talking to right now who's over 30 years old. Divorce wasn't as prevalent for our parents. Splitting up wasn't as prevalent. There was always religious implications, money implications, whatever it might be. People tend to stay together. For better, for worse, was meaning meaningful. And now you might look at your parents in a different light like I do. At 60-plus years old, my father is getting on to his years where he will be set to retire. My mother has had serious health issues over the last couple of years. I've talked about them on air here and there in a joking fashion, but it is true that my mother has had to be taken care of by my father. And I look back at them, I look at them now and I look back at the memories then and understood that there were times where I thought that maybe they would split up. And then in the end, you realize that if you stay together, you realize you may need each other more than you ever have. For some couples, that isn't the way it is. Some couples need to split up. But now at Bill Belichick approaching 68 years old and Tom Brady approaching 43 years old, you've reached the point where there is no alternative, where there's no more dating life, where there's no more other people that could possibly be involved. You is what you is. And in your lifestyle, you've become what you've become. And if you didn't make a move 10 years ago or you didn't make a move 30 years ago as a married couple, if you didn't make a move five years ago as a franchise or even three years ago with Jimmy Garoppolo to move on, there's no point of doing it now. Tom Brady announced on his Instagram he was coming back. We can play around and do all the Vegas stuff and talk about whether or not he should go to Indianapolis or or L.A. or wherever. But just like an old-fashioned couple knows, now in their twilight years, As their careers go on, Bill and Tom need each other now more than ever. Big thanks to everybody back in New York. Gresh is up next. He's phenomenal. Listen to him. He's great. I'm Ken Carmen. Have a wonderful weekend, friends. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.